1: Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into Hour 3 of our daily three-hour tour. It is a delight, a privilege, an honor to welcome back Rabbi Del Fisher, old friend uh, to this show and a contributor, among other things, to the American Spectator. He is, uh, of course, the Rabbi of Young Israel in Orange County, good reason to visit Orange County. Rabbi Fisher, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Hi there, Seth. How, how, by the way, what, what's the story in Orange County? You guys uh, able to uh, get around without closings and remaskings, or is Orange County going the way of LA County?
2: Right now, Orange County's "quote unquote" open. Uh, LA County now has reinf- has reinstituted mandatory indoor masking. Uh, the amount of incidents have gone up in Orange County. Uh, the COVID incidents, and uh, we tend to be a more Free and uh, uh, a free breathing county than Los Angeles. You'll note, by the way, uh, the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, he's gotten himself out of LA, got ambassadorship somewhere. Perfect. Just left behind potholes, crime. And everything bad.
1: Well, maybe they can send him to Sweden and he can learn a thing or two. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. I'm not sure. Rabbi, thank you. Not why I had you on, but I just couldn't help but take advantage. (laughs) Um, You have probably the best piece I have seen, not probably, the single best piece I have seen on what Benny and Jerry's has been up to with a bunch of subtexts to it that is critical for people asking, how can Jews do this? How can Jews do that in America? You get those questions all the time as I do. How can Jews support... Uh, such left-wing anti-Semitic causes. Um, ben and Jerry's is no exception to this. They um, they had a flavor two years ago dedicated to Che Guevara to celebrate his birthday. They have no problem uh, oper- with their operations in China, a country that uh, basically is uh, one man, one slave. And yet uh, their problem is Israel. Tell us what's going on here.
2: You know, it, it's a little bit embarrassing to talk, bad about members of the family. But when members of the family become prominently known as corrupt and evil people, you have no choice. Thank God my mom and dad, of blessed memory, were righteous. But, you know, what do you do if your father or mother were a member of the mob? At some point, you have to confront it and tell people, I acknowledge this is some of my family and And I'm going to tell you, they're really bad people. And that's what we American Jews have to deal with. In a world with Bernie Sanders and Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenfield, these are apostates. They are more than self-hating Jews. That's letting them off too easy. These are people who have profound problems with the fact that their parents gave them a, a Jewish tag to their names because it's kept them from being accepted fully among the globalists and universalists to whom they can virtue signal. They need to kind of figure out a way. That they so much need that kind of acceptance in the left wing. And what can they do? Everyone knows that there's a subtext that they're Jews. And, well, that's not very universalist. You're a member of a group. So what these types of people do is they actually lead the charge of anti-Semitism. And it's a horrific thing. Um, and Ben and Jerry's is a perfect example. Here you have two Jews whose family lines come from Eastern Europe, and they lived in New York. They're New Yorkers. Yep. And then one day, they they decide, you know, New York is very racially diverse. Yep. There's a lot of black people in New York. You bet. They the have mayor a black may mayor. <laughs> right. The in. mayor, right. Yes. You know, exactly. so where yeah. Ben and Jerry's, here they are in racially diverse Yeah ethnically rich and inclusive and equity-based New York, yeah. and they moved to Vermont, which is 3% black, right. 97% white. Yep. It's practically apartheid. Mm-hmm. So there they are in apartheid Vermont, and they announced that they're going to boycott Israel. Uh, they What they did was they got themselves bought out by Unilever, uh, who paid Ben Cohen 41 million bucks. I, don't you love, Seth, these socialists? who preach the socialist gospel, meantime making $41 million. Uh, we used to
1: call a Mercedes Marxist, but I don't know if that works anymore. I've I, i, no, I, I, I I've seen versions of uh, limousine liberals. I, I've seen versions of this with these mayors who are cutting police budgets but increasing their own personal security paid for by the state. So is Same idea,
2: yeah. Hey, here in California, Governor Newsom. He's got everybody else locked up, yep. but he goes and has, no. you know, million-dollar uh, people <laughs> right. eating out, and, and you know. Right. With so, the people anyway, who gave us the mandates that we schools.
1: couldn't go. With the people That's who gave right. us
2: the mandates. Yes. Anyways. And sorry. his kids go to the private school. Of course. Schools. Of course. Right. Of he of won't course. give you free yeah. school choice, yeah. but his kids go to the private school. Yes. Why, why mix with the white Pelloy?
1: He got the memo from Ben and Jerry.
2: <laughs> we can Absolutely. leave New York. Yeah. Right. And then you've got Nancy Pelosi here with, with her gigantic fortress gates even though you can't have a wall on – we can't have a wall on the southern border, but she's got the biggest wall in, in, the, in the country. They're self-hating okay, – the there's
1: no question you've, uh, you, you've got your finger on this, Rabbi Fisher. You have for as long as I've known you on the self-hating. Do you, do you, do you sense a self-hating Americanism here too, though, don't you?
2: Oh, my God. This is so painful for me as a, as a person who loves America yeah. to the degree that I stand up in my living room When I'm watching television and the Star Spangled Banner is being played, either because an American's won a gold medal at at, at the Olympics or just before a baseball game, Mm -hmm. I actually stand up. No one else is there watching. And I just stand up when I hear the national anthem. And it it hurts so bad watching this American self-hating aspect taking place, whether it's the squad, whether it's Cory Bush of Missouri saying that America is built on illegally occupied land, whether it's these people saying we want to tear up the American Constitution and start all over again and create another failed socialist example as if we don't have enough to see around the world from the Soviet Union to China to Venezuela etc.
1: Absolutely so. right. Absolutely right. But they seized on, you know, they seized on something clever because there's always been this admixt, admixture. I, I noticed it early on in high school when I walked into my first socialist bookstore and the most prominent book there was The Myth of Zion. Um, there has been there has been this increasing progressive incursion into our allies and a division between America and its allies as brought to you by the progressive left and Israel seems to be you know their focal point it's a it's a fascinating thing when you look at the human rights abuses around the world they find Israel It's a very odd thing
2: I'll tell you Seth I have a two- part uh, a two-part series call it coming out tomorrow okay. and the day after in uh, The American Spectator mm-hmm. and also in Arutz Sheva, Israel National News, mm-hmm. in which I address exactly that. Okay. Um, as you know, in addition to being a rabbi and um, uh, the other ways you introduced me, I'm also the uh, a, a senior rabbinic uh, fellow at the Coalition for Jewish Values.
0: Oh, yes, right. I, right, right, right. Good and, group.
2: Right. And I just, uh, as I said, the next two days... I actually address the phenomenon in part. The the articles are titled, The Myth of Occupied Palestinian Territories. And in it, I also discuss why it is that the woke left in America specifically picks on Israel. And to say it really briefly, uh, I I think there's five points. Number one, uh, Israel shares so many values with America Mm -hmm. in terms of freedom, democracy, even economic free enterprise. Mm -hmm. In fact, we both came into existence, we in the United States as well as Israel, by overthrowing the British, but holding on to the best that England had to
0: offer. Mm -hmm.
2: And so... First of all, for the woke left, who are at war with America and won't stand at the American national anthem. But the problem is, America is too big, and bullies never pick on someone their own size. Right. So Israel is tempting because they're small. that will do. Uh,
1: Israel no, will do. You betcha. You betcha. Yeah.
2: But then you have problem number two. Mm-hmm. When you pick on someone that's little and small, you need to pick on someone. The first gut reaction is, why am I picking on this mm-hmm. guy? because he, he's not apparently significant. Nothing offensive here, but why don't haters pick on Bulgarian-Americans mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. pick on Albanians? Mm-hmm. And the reason is because there's only two Bulgarians that anybody's ever heard of, <laughs> Rita Wilson and Christo. And there's only two <laughs> And there's only Sorry. three Albanians anyone's ever heard of, Jim Belushi, John Belushi, and Regis Philbin.
1: And we love them So all. as a result right, of
2: that, right. there's no point in picking on Albanians and um, and, and on, uh, let's say, uh, Bulgarians. Yeah. But with Jews, somehow Jews are all over the place. And so while Jews are really not committed, Jews are not influential. We can't even get the House to pass a resolution against anti-Semitism. That's right without having to swallow down a bunch of baloney about so-called Islamophobia. Uh, On the other hand, it kind of fits. So you've got the bully who's looking for someone to pick on, but not as big as their own size, but something you can believe in. And then the third thing about Israel is that there are so many issues that it takes. There's so much explaining it takes in order for people to understand what's actually going on there. It's too complex in a world where people have no more attention span. Because in order to understand why the occupied Palestinian territories, it's a bunch of hooey and baloney, there's no Palestine, no Palestinian territory. In order to explain it, you have to explain the Bible, Roman history, the history of Islam, how the Ottoman Empire got in there, what they divided after World War I, the sykes picot Agreement. You have to explain the Balfour Declaration, Samo, Sam Remo
1: Conference, yeah, yeah, and then the League of Nations. You have to keep going on, but there is a way to do do it. Rabbi, I have to take a quick break. Are you good on time? Can I keep you a little bit? Okay, yeah, we're good. Yeah, I have to take a quick break. But when we come back, let me let me see if I. Maybe maybe you and I can boil this down to explain this to people easily about the kind of learning that needs to take place that you're outlining. I think we can do it with one city, because every time I open a paper in America, I read about the Palestinian city of Nablus. Maybe by just explaining how that name came about, we will explain that point you just made. I think that could instantiate the explanation, if you don't mind. Just tell us about how Nablus came to be a Palestinian city when we come back and then we'll yeah, uh, go to points four and five. I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. I'm Seth and We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Rabbi Dole Fisher of Young Israel of Orange County. He is also an attorney. He is a high-stakes litigation expert, a professor of law, and a contributor to the American Spectator, among other things. We're talking about his piece on Ben and Jerry's, and he was giving us five reasons that Israel is in the sights of the progressives so constantly. We got through three. We'll do four and five, but on one of them, uh, Rabbi Fisher – I, you were making the point how, number three, you, there's a lot of history that needs to be understood and things need to be explained because history didn't start yesterday and it didn't start in the textbook you likely get on uh, in world geography in uh, in, uh, in ninth grade. And I said, well, I think I have an example of of how you can explain this with one 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 situs, and that's Nablus, the Palestinian city of Nablus, which is what every paper calls it. This is a good example of what you're talking about. Tell us how Palestinian Nablus is.
2: The Bible tells us that there was a city, Shechem, Shechem, and that's where Joseph was, and uh, there are many re- references. Joseph lies buried in Shechem. Uh, the Jews, the Hebrews, uh, the family of Jacob were in Shechem. Um, when the Romans conquered and occupied the land of Israel and drove the Jews out 2,000 years ago into exile. The Romans determined that we're going to bring an end to any Jewish connection with the land of Israel, and we want to take away that very memory of the Jewish connection, so they renamed all kinds of places. They renamed Israel itself, they renamed it Palestine. Why? Because the previous occupiers' inhabitants were the Philistines. Philistine, Palestine. You hear the obvious identity. Uh, Those in the Bible, Philistines were there before. In the same way, the Romans renamed many of the cities Italian names. Basically, Rome, Italy. And so one of the names they renamed, they renamed Shechem Naples. Naples, N-A-P-L-E-S. Arabs who lived there in later centuries have a shibboleth. They're not able to pronounce the P. It comes out like a B. For example, an Arab from that area would order a slice of pizza, Uh uh and uh it would ask for, uh, like, maybe Parmesan cheese. They can't say the P. They can't even say Palestine. Mm -hmm. It sounds like Mm Balestine. And in the same way, when they try to pronounce Naples, it came out as Nablus. Mm -hmm. And that's why they pronounce it Nablus. And then of course, the Western media and all the woke media call Shechem Nablus, as though that word's real history. But actually, the name is has is, um, oh, always been Shechem. So, is there a movement
1: and- to pressure Israel to give that part of the West Bank back to Italy?
2: Uh, you know, that's a really right. Exactly. Uh, let, let me tell you, fact, Seth. <laughs> Sorry for that. The very term, <laughs> the very term, West Bank. I'm glad you touched on okay. it. S- Seth. You know something, <laughs> and and every one of your listeners can be thinking about this. No. Jews have a name for every place in that area of the Middle East: Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, Hebron for Hebron, Shechem. I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I can just go on and yeah, on. Bethel, and tell. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. Christians. Yeah. Exactly, and and, and Beersheba, and, yeah. which is oh, on and on and on. And I was listening to the commercial you just ran for Christian cruises. Oh, okay. And uh, your Christian listeners will know this. Here's the thing, Seth, think about it. Arabs claim it's their Palestinian territory. They don't even have a name for the area. The Jews call it Yehudah Shomron Judea and Samaria. The Arabs, for 3,000 years, 2,000 years, They've never had a name, so they call it the West Bank. The West Bank of what? I've been there. It's not the way—it looks on a map like it's maybe the West Bank of the Jordan River. It's not even close. You know what the names are, Judea and Samaria? And for your Christian listeners, I want to just quote really quickly from the Christian Gospels. In Luke 1711, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. In Acts 1.8, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And in Acts 9.31, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. The idea is that Christians know, just as Jews know, that the area is Judea and Samaria. The Arabs have no name for it, so they call it the West Bank without a name, that would be like renaming Los Angeles the East Bank
1: uh-huh. of
2: the Pacific. Of the Pacific, or, or let's yeah. not call New York that anymore. Let's call it the West Bank. ...of the Atlantic or, or the east bank of the Hudson River. The idea is that it, the very name itself underscores the Arabs have no historic claim to the land.
1: Rabbi, uh, um, I have to take one more break. That was a short segment. We have a longer one coming up. Can I keep you one more segment? Because you sure. mentioned the word apartheid earlier, and that's the, that's, that's, that's the neologism for going after Israel. Can we discuss apartheid in Israel when we come back sure. as well? Uh, we're talking with Rabbi Dove Fisher. Just a note... By the way, to potential advertisers, if you if you want reach, please understand we have a Christian tour company advertising on a Phoenix radio that was picked up by the Rabbi uh, of Young Israel in Orange County. That's our reach, <laughs> okay, Rabbi. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Our guest is Rabbi Doe Fisher. He is the rabbi, chief rabbi, at uh, head rabbi at uh, the Orange County Young Israel, Young Israel of Orange County, uh, contributor to the American Spectator, among other publications, an attorney, a law professor. We're talking about his piece in the American Spectator, Ben and Jerry's Boycott Israel. Uh, and exposing Rada Mittal, the Jew hater who pushed Ben and Jerry's uh, to boycott Israel. She is the chairman of their board who has written, Rabbi, that Israel's founding was a catastrophe. That is the language of Hamas. No?
2: It's unbelievable that um, she is such a hater, um, and people don't realize who in, in actually is running the board at Ben and Jerry's when... They sold their company to Unilever. They retained in the merger and acquisition agreement that Ben and Jerry's continues to control all social policy of the company, even while being bought out by Unilever. And she is the chair of that board. She's an extreme radical leftist, a strong supporter of the most radical left causes. And so she has been writing for years For a complete and total BDS boycott of all of Israel, its entirety, it's not just about Judea and Samaria. She'd like to see Israel come to an end. Um, And that's who's running the Ben and Jerry's board, Uh, although Ben and Jerry's – it wouldn't have happened – without Ben and Jerry being for it.
1: Is there any other country uh, that uh, companies do this with? Companies, food companies, employer companies like this?
2: Isn't it unbelievable? Everybody's doing business with China. When we look at what China does to the Uyghur Muslim minority there, and uh, just the general suppression and the efforts in Hong Kong of people to fight for their freedom to speak, they're just basic rights under China. And yet none of these corporations... None of these university campuses with student boycotts, nobody goes after China. I understand why no one goes after Venezuela, because Venezuela doesn't produce anything. Mm. No one goes after Saudi Arabia, because what do they export other than this oil and this sand? And um, really, most people, they're buying their oil at a gas station. They don't know where it's coming from. But when you look at China, it's the perfect example of a left-wing communist country that is easy to boycott because everybody's got something in China. Nobody boycotts China. Remember when LeBron James he was out there in China yes, and yes, he's, of course. you know, the NBA. They're careful. They don't boycott China. Nope. They support China. Yeah, they the suppress. 90s, they suppress
1: people who want to stand with the Hong Kong uh, protesters exactly. raising the American flag. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. You
2: can't find more hypocrisy than we find in today's left. It's it's so horrifically painful. Uh, and this honorata metal, she's the worst of the worst. She really is a despicable person. She described the founding of Israel in writing as a catastrophe. So that's who you're dealing with. And that the founding of Israel's 1948, the last thing in the world at that time was anything to do with Judea and Samaria she's just an anti-semite plain and simple
1: uh rabbi Fisher, um you use the word apartheid that is the new ne- it is the neologism that is uh been seized on uh in attacking israel i have to tell you i you know without even knowing the kind of history you know i just I remember in the 80s, there was this huge push of people going to Ethiopia and help moving uh, Ethiopian Jews to Israel. Just the last place I would have thought of as being apartheid was Israel. It's crazy
2: because people who say that Israel is apartheid are people who don't have the slightest idea of what actually is going on. First of all, Israel's population is more than 50% Sephardic. That's Jews from North Africa who happen to be Mm darker-skinned. So that's number one. The majority uh, of—that's number one. And they are all over the government and everything African Israelis,
1: you might call them. Yeah.
2: Yeah, literally Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And that's North African. Yeah. Now, number two, um, Israel sent her own soldiers risking their lives on three separate series of covert operations— Into the Somalia mess, the Ethiopia morass, Mm -hmm. in order to extrapolate and evacuate black people from Africa, bring Mm -hmm. them into Israel, and integrate them into Israeli society. 30,000 Ethiopian Jews Mm -hmm. have been brought into Israel in the period of a decade through Operation Solomon, Operation Moses, um, and they literally risk the lives of their soldiers to bring 30,000 black people into their country. Mm-hmm. If they were a part, what apartheid country would do that? Number three, the current government of Israel, the governing coalition includes an all-Arab-Muslim party that's loosely associated with the Muslim Brotherhood, Ra'am. Mm-hmm. And that party and its leader, uh, Abbas, uh, Mansour Abbas, uh, they're absolutely Arab-Muslim, their entire program, and they're part of the governing coalition of Israel. By contrast, take a look at Arab countries. Mm. You want to talk about apartheid. You think there's an all-Jewish party in in Arab countries' government? You think there's... I mean, they take churches and they convert them into mosques. Forget about uh, synagogues and shuls and Jews. Uh, they They actually make black people into slaves, places like Mauritania. They do... Forcible, um, uh forcible circumcisions of women in order to take away any kind of pleasure in the sex act so that women will never enjoy sex and their in order to assure their fidelity to their husbands and look who the left are worried about for mm. God's sakes mm-hmm. it's such a it's it's really a social crime to accuse Israel of these things that Israel does not do. Arabs have all equal rights. There's Arabs in the Israeli Supreme Court. Israel has a thing where they give a stipend for every child you have. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have three kids, you get this amount of money. You have four kids. You get a monthly stipend for having kids. Mm -hmm. And Arabs get the same stipend. Mm -hmm. So Israel actually pays Arabs no less than Jews to have kids. Maybe more given birth rates. maybe,
1: Maybe more given the birth rate.
2: Yeah, Maybe more. so do you think you think there's an Arab country that goes out of its way, that pays Jews to have Jewish babies? Uh, first of all, they don't even have Jews in the country, they expel, which is another story. They talk about Palestinian refugees. They drove out 850,000 Jews in the 1940s and 1950s when the State of Israel was established, and they confiscated more than $100 billion with a B worth of property. And Arabs talk about Arab refugees, those people left voluntarily versus the, and there were fewer than the Jews who were expelled from the Arab world. And it happens during war that there were population relocations anyway and population exchanges. It's been throughout history you've had. Bulgaria and Greece had a population exchange uh, 1922 under the League of Nations. There was uh, one and a quarter million Greek Orthodox ethnics went to Turkey, and half a million Muslims were sent out the other way. Uh, you had all kinds of... Oh, the
1: things. Cypriots went through it, India, of course, Pakistan, uh, the Sudetenland after the war. I mean, this Absolutely. this is legion,
2: yes. This is part of living in this world. Yeah, um, And so, so much lying... And then there was the case of what, what was it, Swarthmore, the women's college that decided to boycott uh, a hummus company, yeah. Sabra. Hummus, or hummus, uh, because it had the name Sabra, even though it was being made in Astoria, Queens, with its one (laughs) factory in Richmond, Virginia, (laughs) not even Israeli. Uh, Can you imagine? A bunch of idiots, they think they're so smart. Oh, I go to Swarthmore. Um, First of all, as a graduate of Columbia University, I I point my nose down. Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) But, oh, I go to Swarthmore. So we're going to be so sophisticated and woke, and we're going to boycott Sabra, hummus. When, in fact, number one, as I said, it's made in story of Queens and Richmond, Virginia. Number two, they stopped the boycott right at final exams because they needed quick snacks, and it was the best available thing in the machine. There you
1: go. Yeah, the principle, I mean, the principle of these. Rabbi, um, it's been too far and uh, too long since I've had you. I am glad uh, we are back on each other's radar screens. Rabbi Dove Fisher. Contributor to the American Spectator, among other things. Read his most recent piece, Ben, on Ben and Jerry's, exposing Anurad Mittal, the Jew hater who pushed Ben and Jerry's to boycott Israel. It explains far more than that. Rabbi, Godspeed.
2: Thank you so much, Seth.
1: We'll be in touch. Thank you, sir. Was that the theme for the dating game? Maybe it could be the theme for Cool Touch Air Conditioning. Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Forget the heating right now, but for all your air conditioning and plumbing needs, they are there for you 24-7. I know because I'm a customer and my friends and family are too, and I have needed them on weekends after 5. They are there with great customer service and great service. Whatever your roofing needs, repair, installation, inspection, you name it. They have a uh, new unit that's just fascinating to me and fantastic in, uh, in the area of uh, saving, saving money on those big utility bills because it's like a dimmer switch on the unit instead of turning off and on to maintain the temperature you want. It's continually on with the temperature you always want, like a dimmer switch on a light. And they're offering a $2,000 rebate on this system if you're into that system or any other. I want you to call Cool Touch Air Conditioning. Give them a buzz at 623-734-1932 or visit them online at cooltouchac.com. That's cooltouchac.com and trust me when I tell you about their customer service, man. It, you just have to you just have to try it to understand how good it is and what the standard for everyone else should be. Cool Touch sets it and exceeds it. Steve is in Tempe. Hello, Steve. Thanks for your patience.
0: Hello, Seth. How are you, man? Uh, Doing good. Hey, uh, I just wanted to, since the, the rabbi was talking about Ben and Jerry's, I just wanted to say that that's my, or I should say that was my favorite ice cream I used to Love Ben and Jerry's, but I honestly couldn't even tell you what it tastes like because I haven't eaten it in over ten years, Good just because you. of some of the things that I heard and read about. Yeah, uh, it's just Jerry's. a little
1: much hearing these Vermonters who've never, you know, never leave Vermont, lecturing us on the, you know, from Bernie Sanders to Ben and Jerry. You know, let's have a celebration flavor for Che Guevara, who hated blacks and gays and the West, and uh, and yet we'll go after everything. Western and positive. It's it's an incredible thing. You know, this is why isolation is not a good thing. Vermont is way it too is, isolated. It is, and it's a
0: shame because I, I promise you, there's a whole lot of other people just like myself and and like you. I'm pretty sure you probably don't uh, eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream for nope, that same reason. I don't. And they, it's a shame that a company like that would would r- reduce their profit margins by becoming so you know, contentious as it relates to, you know, just... I don't know if they'll reduce, you know. And- I
1: mean, we got to remember there's a part of this population that will say good and buy more of it. I'm a Haagen-Dazs yeah. guy. It's got less ingredients and they're more conservative. haagen yeah. <laughs> will do just fine.
0: Yeah, it will, and, and Haagen-Dazs is great too. And um, Seth, Braddy you were talking about uh, well, and I think you were talking about it right before the rabbi was on, but you were you at Friday you were discussing some of the things that Biden said and oh, yeah. how it how they're they're just glossed over like it's no big deal. Yep. And what I've come to realize and, and I, I wanted to just let you know that uh, don't hold your breath about anybody holding him to account on anything he says, because I've come to the conclusion that that Joe Biden is uh, Chauncey Gardner. Mm-hmm. From, uh, being there. Yep,
1: Jersey Kaczynski. Yep, you know, I, I think that's know? right. He says the the most basic
0: platifi-
1: platitudes, and everyone yeah. everyone just genuflexes if it's uh, Mount Olympus speaking. I know exactly. That's, that's and, a good one. They, yeah. Let's call yeah. him President Gardner from now on. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice country. <laughs> okay. well, we'll thank yeah. you for that, Steve. Thanks, exactly. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll be right back. I've been running around a lot today. He's uh, my producer, Bill. He is simply the best. And I can say it now because he won't get hassled, but he celebrated his birthday over the weekend. So I wish you a very happy birthday, Bill. I forgot your present today, but I'll bring it tomorrow. I give the same present to everyone um, It just so there's no mystery. It's what Frank Sinatra was buried with in his casket. It's a bottle of Jack Daniels, a pack of cherry lifesavers, and a pack of blackjack chewing gum. Everyone gets the same birthday present. It's my way of resurrecting Frank Sinatra. Um, let me close with this. On uh, on this day, on this day in 1948, President Truman desegregated the military with these words in his executive order. It is hereby declared to be the policy of the president that there shall be equal Equality of treatment and opportunity for all persons in the armed services without regard to race, color, religion, or national origin. This policy shall be put into effect as rapidly as possible, having due regard to the time required to effectuate any necessary changes without impairing efficiency or morale. Let's go back to the first sentence. It is hereby declared to be the policy of the president that there shall be equality of treatment and opportunity for all persons in the armed services without regard to race, color, religion, or national origin. If you read critical race theory, if you read Abraham Abraham X. Kendi, Harry Truman is a racist. To say equality of opportunity instead of equality or equity in outcome is today's racism. The desegregation order of the military by the enlightened Harry Truman is today considered racist. One of the great... Social changes in history in 1948 on this day is now racist. You know what? It isn't. It's just racist to those who are in the grip and consumption of junk thought. It's our job to rid them of it. I'm Seth Leibson. Thanks for helping me do it. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, and class dismissed.